Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome on in. This is Phillies Today. It is April 3rd. My name is Tucker Bagley. I'm your host on this Monday morning. And unfortunately, the Phillies, well, the Phillies are 0-3 after a sweep at the hands of the Texas Rangers, who who really just walloped the Phillies all around the ballpark all, all weekend. I mean, after a tough opening day loss on Thursday, things didn't much get much better on Saturday. They gave up 16 runs. Um, the bullpen really, really looked looked overmatched at times. And then on Sunday night in a game that, you know, as, as silly as it sounds this early in the season, could have been a must-win they got what they needed out of Bailey Falter. Bailey Falter came in. He pitched well, certainly pitched better than Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler did the first two games of the season. But he allowed two earned runs and, and was tagged with a loss um, after striking out three and five and one-thirds inning. And Philly's offense really struggled to get anything going uh, against the, the Rangers on, on Sunday after two days of fairly decent uh, offensive output. They scored one run in the fourth inning. Um, on a double play by Josh Harrison, they stranded Trey Turner in the first inning after he led off the game with a double. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hit, hit a ball in the fifth inning that, that looked to be a, a two-run home run but ended up being caught, probably robbed uh, of a home run in, in dead center field. And now the Phillies are, are traveling to the Bronx for a three-game set with the Yankees 0-3 and I don't think it's time to panic. It's only been three games. If this was a game in the middle of the season, if this was a series in you know the middle of June, I don't think anybody would necessarily give it too much thought. I mean, this isn't the first time the Phillies have lost three in a row, and certainly it won't be the only time they lose three in a row in 2023. But just the way they looked overmatched at times against the Texas Rangers team, who you know are expected to be feisty, but are by no means. Um, you know, shoe-ins are favorites in their division. They aren't expected to, to be playing deep in, into October, even though they do have some star talent on the team with Corey Seager and, and Marcus Simeon. But, I mean, the Rangers just walloped the Phillies pitching all weekend. Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler allowed nine earned runs in their eight combined innings. The Rangers hit 13 for 27 with runners in scoring position, just an unreal number. And now those of us 12 in a row. So the Texas Rangers, they haven't beaten the Rangers since 2014. And although there are some positives to get through and to take away from this weekend, which we'll certainly get to, I think we have to start with the negatives. And the negatives certainly start with the pitching. And it starts at the top of the rotation with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, who both looked really uncomfortable in their starts. I know Nola retired the first nine he faced, but his breaking stuff wasn't really around the zone. He, he really didn't seem to enjoy the pitch clock and once runners got on and once things started to spiral for him he couldn't stop the bleeding he couldn't get out of the fourth inning he coughed up that that five-run lead the Phillies built on opening day and he admitted after the game he didn't think um that that he was capable of going through and he didn't feel comfortable 
getting a stop with the pitch clock going. He didn't think he had time to, to take a breath and, and really bear down and, and focus. And that's something that he's going to really have to work on because this isn't going away. As much as we talk about it being an improvement for the game of baseball and just from a fan perspective, being able to watch it. I mean, Sunday night's game started at 7 o'clock. And it was over before 9.45, which is a, a win for most people. But if you're Aaron Nolan, if you're Zach Wheeler, who he pitched in and out of trouble through his four and, and one-third inning on Saturday and certainly wasn't the reason they, they you know got blown out the way they did. C.B. Buckner behind the plate was absolutely terrible, as expected as he usually is when he's working. But, you know, this is a team that I think, much like last year, even though they do have more depth in the rotation with Ranger Suarez, with Taiwan Walker, even if Andrew Painter gets back, Bailey Falter, the way he pitched on Sunday maybe looks like he could be a legitimate rotation piece. Not a top of the uh, top of the rotation guy, but he certainly can be in the rotation for this team moving forward. This team's only going to go as far as Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler take them, especially in the postseason. We saw it last year when they started to falter, when they kind of fell apart in the World Series because Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler couldn't get out. So I know Zach Wheeler got taken out in Game 6. I know it wasn't his fault he didn't give up the home run to Jordan Alvarez. It was Jose Alvarado. But if Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler aren't pitching like Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler, this team's going to have trouble making it back to October and have trouble going deep into the postseason. The, the one positive I will take away from this weekend, though, in Texas, is just how some of these guys have been putting together great at-bats. I know Kyle Schwarber only has one hit, but but he drove the ball quite a bit. We know he doesn't necessarily start heating up until June, so that certainly was an encouraging sign. Nick Castellanos, who I know a lot of people are hoping has a bounce-back season. He got a couple more hits on Sunday. He's having... A very good start to the season, much like he did last year. He, he hit 300 in the month of April a season ago before he kind of fell off and, and really toiled through the last five months of the season. Um, hopefully the way he's been swinging the bat early on can carry on and, and sustain success over the course of the entire regular season and the postseason. And probably the guy everybody wants to talk about right now is Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm looks stronger. He obviously had that home run on opening day. He took a tough uh, backwards K in the first inning with two guys on and, and two outs really had an opportunity to set the Phillies up for success and, and set the tone on Sunday night. But Alec Bohm looks like a guy who can be a part of the, the top of the lineup moving forward. I mean, you look at the at-bats he's taken through the spring into this first weekend of the regular season. He looks stronger. He looks more locked in than he really ever has before. He hit fifth tonight. He's hitting 364 and, and slugging over 700 and the other guy who's really been as advertised is Trey Turner who has a couple triples he had a double um to lead off the game on Sunday night he was two for four in his third game as a Philly and and really what we've seen from him and what we've seen from this offense is they're capable of putting together good at bats Bryson Stott another guy through three games hitting 455 just grinding out big at bat after big at bat he had a 10 pitch at bat uh, a couple days ago that, that really helped this offense. Edmundo Sosa contributed with two more hits uh, on on Sunday night. So I, I think if you're looking for a positive for this team moving forward, it is this offense. They just need to figure out how to scratch and run. They were one for eight with runners in scoring position on Sunday. But three of those at-bats came from Christian Pache. I mean, he was 0 for 3 with the runners in scoring position, had to strike out 
ended up being pinch hit for by, by Derek Hall in the ninth inning who, who made the final out of the game. And that's kind of as expected. I mean, Christian Pache is an all-glove, no-bat player. He was a top prospect in the Braves organization as recently as 2021. I mean, this is a guy who, who really came in. He was the number seven prospect ranked by Baseball America heading into that season. But he struggled to hit in the majors. He has a career on uh, batting average under 160. I think moving forward, I'm not sure how many consistent at-bats he's going to get, but it's clear the Phillies see something in him, whether or not they think he can develop the way Brandon Marsh has in his short time here remains to be seen. But I think anything you get from Christian Pache offensively, at least in the short term, is just a bonus. He really is just out there to patrol center field and, and help out with his glove. But I think for this Phillies team, it certainly, certainly is way too early in the season to panic. But in a sport where I think opening day in the first series of the season kind of weighs so heavily on people's minds because people are so locked in to every pitch and to every at-bat this early in the season, it's tough because this was a team that came in to the season with sky-high expectations. They're the third team in the wildcard era to lose their first three games following a, a pennant win the, the previous season. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the Phillies and their upcoming three-game set with the Yankees before they finally come home for their home opener on Thursday uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome back to Phillies Today on the Phillies 24-7 Network. I'm Tucker Bagley, your, your host for this Monday morning, and we just mentioned that the Phillies 0-3 as they head into their second series of the season, this one against the New York Yankees, who were victorious again on Sunday. They took two out of three from the Giants in their opening series. They won 6 nothing on Sunday behind a home run from Aaron Judge, his second of the season. Giancarlo Stanton added a home run as well. And for the Phillies, who are you know, really desperate to just get anything positive going, they, they've struggled mightily to, to just play complimentary baseball. They hit well early on. And, you know, gave up 27 combined runs in the first two games. And finally, Bailey Falter looked like a stopper. He, he put together a, a very good start against the Rangers and was relieved by, you know, Andrew Bellotti and, and Gregory Soto both put together, you know, quality outings out of the bullpen. But still, it wasn't enough as they fell 2-1. to one. And now they head into this series with the Yankees 0-3. The Yankees, as I mentioned, are 2-1. and one, And... The guy that they're really falling behind is, is Aaron Judge. Once again, the reigning AL MVP hit 62 home runs a year ago to, to break the American League record previously held by Roger Maris. He's doing it again. He had two home runs this weekend against San Francisco. His slugging percentage right now it is currently sitting at an astronomical 923. And, and this team, this Yankees offense, it is incredibly potent. I mean, they, they put together a 5 nothing win. On opening day, they lost 7-5 to the Giants on Saturday and then put together a, a 6 nothing win. And they have a lot of pieces on this team that can kind of mix and match. They have guys like DJ LeMayhew, who's won a couple batting titles. Labor Torres, they put in, he, he batted leadoff for them on, on Sunday. He's 3-for-10. Josh Donaldson, another previous MVP. Giancarlo Stanton, a, a former National League MVP. Anthony Rizzo, obviously, we remember from his time at the Cubs, um, certainly has a, a track record uh, of success in, in the majors. But the one guy that I'm, I'm kind of excited to watch is Anthony Volpe, the, the rookie shortstop 
um, from from New Jersey, 21 years old. He was the youngest Yankees starter on opening day since Mickey Mantle back when he he started in right field as a 19-year-old. And the kid carries himself like a professional. He didn't look overmatched uh, against the Giants. He only went two for nine. He did manage to, to draw a couple walks. And he also stole three bases. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people need to to pay attention to when we talk about these new rules, the, the bigger bases, the limited step-offs, I, I think stolen bases and speed are, are certainly going to play a big part in baseball in this season and, and moving forward. And the Phillies obviously went out and got a, a speedy shortstop of their own in Trey Turner. And Anthony Volpe seems to be cut from the same cloth. I mean, this kid had 20 home runs and stole 50 bases uh, a year ago in the minors and just really feels like you know the, the next homegrown star in the history of a franchise that, you know, is littered with them. The Yankees obviously last week put together a, a, a rule proposal to make it so coaches didn't have to run numbers because they're running out of them with how many they have retired. But this is going to be a tough series for the Phillies because they're desperate. They, they just need to get a win. And, and looking at these pitching matchups moving forward, it's going to be tough. You have Taiwan Walker going on Monday night uh, against Nestor Cortez. Walker, a guy who really struggled to get stretched out in spring training, struggled to get through his last couple starts against a guy, Nestor Cortez, who put together an ERA of 2.4 a year ago, finished eighth in American League Cy Young voting, only pitched 158 innings, and only struck out 9.3 batters per nine. But you look at what he was capable of doing, his whip what was a, a you know, microscopic .922, he did throw one shutout, only allowed 108 hits in those 158 innings, and he's a guy who can carve you up um, on both sides of the plate. He, he's capable of making a lot of pitches. He doesn't have you know the, the velocity we see a lot from the big-name pitchers in, in modern baseball, but he knows how to keep hitters off balance with his off-speed stuff and, and certainly could be a, a tough matchup for the Phillies, who even though they, they you know pounded Jacob DeGrom on opening day, they they really struggled on Sunday to string together hits and, and really, really go after a Rangers pitching staff that, you know, even though it, it does have some talent, especially at the top with DeGrom, with Nathan Navaldi, um, it, it isn't a pitching staff that is comparable to, to, you know, the Astros pitching staff they saw a year ago in the postseason. And you look at this Taiwan Walker-Nestor Cortez matchup, Taiwan Walker's a guy who I think has a lot of huge expectations coming into this game and coming in to this season. I mean, he really struggled in spring training, only threw nine innings, had an ERA north of seven. And I know we take all of that with a grain of salt, but he really struggled to get through some of his later starts. I think he maxed out around 45 or 50 pitches. And we think about how Aaron Noll and Zach Wheeler combined for just eight innings this weekend. Um, Bailey Falter only threw five and a third. Now the Phillies only had to pitch eight innings a game because they, they failed to record uh, a victory in any of them. They didn't have to bring out a guy for the bottom of the ninth, and Josh Harrison got some innings when they fell behind 10 runs on, on Saturday afternoon. This is a bullpen that's pretty taxed. You know, this is a bullpen that, that struggles. Sir Anthony Dominguez has an infinite ERA right now. Um, Craig Kimbrell has an ERA of, of 81. Gregory Soto did bounce back and, and you know, has now pitched – you know, in two of the three games so far, but this is a bullpen that could really use some help and use some length from the starters. And 
I don't know where that's coming because if Taiwan Walker is incapable of going more than five, it certainly isn't coming Monday night. And on Tuesday night, you have Matt Strom against Domingo Herman, who Matt Strom is the guy they brought in to be a lefty specialist uh, out of the pen. That's where we were, where he pitched when he was with the Red Sox a year ago. He does have experience as a starter early in his career, albeit not as a successful one. But Matt Strom's the guy who you can't expect him to go out and and, and you know go six or seven innings deep. That's not what he's here for. He, he's here to keep the seat warm for Ranger Suarez when he's finally ready to, to come back from that elbow issue that kind of held him out the second half of training camp after he came home from the World Baseball Classic. Then obviously the, the finale of this series on, on Wednesday afternoon, at 1 o'clock matinee, that's the one I think most people have scheduled on their calendar when you have Aaron Nola trying to bounce back from a really rough opening day start against Garrett Cole, who had the opposite. He struck out 11 batters in, in six innings on opening day, a Yankees opening day record, and he's a guy in his career, has a career 3.22 ERA. We know what he's capable of. He's been top five in Cy Young voting five different times in his career, including you know two years ago he finished runner-up. Last year he finished ninth, despite leading all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts with 257, and... He's someone the, the Phillies certainly have struggled with. He has an ERA of 3.12 in his career against the Phillies. The last time they faced him came in the COVID shorted in 2020 season where he threw six innings, allowed one earned run, and struck out four in a 6-3 win. But coming back to, to Monday night's matchup between Taiwan Walker and Nestor Cortez, it really is a tough matchup for the Phillies. that They haven't faced Nestor Cortez before outside of a, a couple guys on their team. Jake Cave is 0 for 4. Josh Harrison has 7 at-bats against Cortez in his career. He's 0 for 7. Kyle Schwarber is the only Philly with a hit in his career against Cortez. He, he's 1 for 2. Alec Bohm 0 for 1. Um, JT Romuto 0 for 1 as well. And you compare that to the Yankees and their success against Taewon Walker, it, it's pretty pretty scary. I mean, someone like Aaron Judge has 4 home runs and 11 at-bats against Walker in his career. Um, Giancarlo Stanton has one home run and 10 at-bats, but has four hits in those 10 at-bats and three RBIs. Aaron Hicks, the left fielder, has hit 364 against Taiwan Walker in his career. You know, Josh Donaldson has struggled a little bit. He's only two for 16 against Walker, although one of those hits was a home run. And I think the big thing for Taiwan Walker and the Phillies on Monday night is going to be keeping the ball in the ballpark when the Yankees are up to bat and, and trying to make sure they can string together hits. Cause you look at what the Phillies have done so far this season, especially offensively, you know, when they were scoring and when they were putting up big runs, they have a lot of extra base hits, but they struggled to, to put the ball over the fence. They don't have any home runs except for the one Alec Bohm hit on opening day. And I know Kyle Schwarber got robbed on, on Sunday night. And that's certainly, Looked to be a home run, and I believe Stackhouse said it would have been a home run in, in 25 different stadiums, just not in in Arlington and Globe Life Park. But they need to, you know, just work on getting hits and, and keeping guys on base and keeping things moving because early on an opening day, that's what they were doing. You know, back-to-back triples by Brandon Marsh and, and Trey Turner. And then you have someone like Nick Castellanos, who has three doubles so far, um, Chicharito Muto has a, a triple of his own so far, and this is a team that's hitting 
228. The team OPS right now is 881, which is is stellar. It's obviously only a a three game span, and, and certainly it is a small sample size. But I don't think you can look at what they did on the opening weekend and, and blame the the hitting for their inability to to win these games, except for maybe Sunday night where they only scratched across one run. And when you're playing a team like the Yankees who put up at least five runs in all three of their games against the Giants this weekend, Phillies are going to have to score. I I think the Yankees certainly boast a more talented lineup than the Texas Rangers and what the Phillies have faced so far. And I think we might be looking at a few slugfests in the Bronx. And what's good for the Phillies is they're certainly built to win games like that, when you look at their lineup and you have Trey Turner and Schwarber and Bohm and Castellanos and, and Romuto, but Philly's going into to Yankee Stadium on a Monday night. It's going to be a tough matchup for this team, and it's early, and you know a, a four-game losing streak or a five-game losing streak to start the season certainly isn't ideal, but it also doesn't kill your season. There's a reason why they play 162 of these, and you know, I said last week, and I'll, I'll say it again just for some reassurance, but this season doesn't start until the home opener. And it, it stinks. The Phillies had to start the season with six straight road games, first against a team that's had their number for a decade now, and then you have to go to the road to one of the toughest places to play uh, against, you know, maybe a, a top two or three team in the majors. But when they get home and, and they play the Reds on Thursday at 3 o'clock in the home opener, that's going to be a big game for this team. And I think them coming home to a ballpark that they're comfortable in, to a ballpark they had a lot of success in, even if they're 0-6, which, God, I hope it doesn't get to that point. And you certainly hope they can scratch out a win or two against New York to at least get the ball rolling in the right direction moving forward. But the schedule does get a lot easier after this New York road trip. They, they host Cincinnati for three, they host Miami for three, and then they head out the Cincinnati for a four-game stretch. That's 10 games against teams that aren't necessarily scratching and and clawing for a playoff spot. So even though things look bleak now and we're waking up on a Monday morning and the Phillies are still searching for their first win, it'll turn around. It's it's still super early in the season. We're only one series into the season. It'll be pretty cool to watch the Phillies go play at Yankee Stadium, a place we'll probably see them play a little bit more now that they've changed the balance of the schedule and removed a couple of those division series into interleague series, but Phillies playing at Yankee Stadium, I always think it's you know pretty cool. It's a, an interesting experience, and then we'll all be ready for Thursday when the Phillies come home and they play Cincinnati. So it's Monday, Phillies, Yankees tonight, seven o'clock. You can listen to it on ninety four WIP and the Phillies Radio Network. Taiwan Walker against Nestor Cortez for Phillies today. I'm Tucker Bagley. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.